You are listening to www.infinitesmile.org. Enjoy these uninspired talks given by Michael McAllister, followed up by question and answer exchanges with groups of his students. Meditation is actually pretty simple. Really what we're doing is we're just uncovering that space between our thoughts. It's always there. Just like no matter what time of the day or night, our breath is always there or we don't exist as we know it. Okay? And we don't exist as the awareness of what is between our thoughts very often. But meditation gives us this opportunity to turn up the heat on our own consciousness. When we still our minds enough to where we can observe this, in many cases, beautiful, in many cases, horrifying stage play that goes on before us, and we can just watch it without going after it or avoiding it. Just watch and give it our full attention. And as we give it our full attention, we start to recognize that there is a thought that arises and begins playing itself out on the stage of mind. And then there's a little break between that performance and the next act. And the more we sit, the more we consciously embody audience, the more we actually just orient ourselves in that space of audience, the more we recognize how that gap between one thought coming on the stage and another, that gap between those two thoughts actually begins to expand. Resting in that place is resting in the space that's on the other side of mind. It is beyond mind. It is on the other side of the boundary of time. Because it's not about the past and it's not about the future. Thoughts are always about past and future. No thought is about just this very moment. Now this usually gives people the creeps because they start saying, well, okay, wait a minute, great, yeah, that's really cool. I'll just pay attention to this present moment. I will never get out of bed. You know, I'll, I'll just become kind of an unconscious slug dwelling in bliss. And that is precisely not the point of this work. It's to take that stillness and incorporate it in the way we meet the world. That's the purpose. So our real problem then, if you want to call it that, I don't like calling it a problem, maybe we could call it our typical circumstance, our typical situation, is that we are addicted to the activity of mind. We are addicted to past events, okay, or future dreams, 
and we move back and forth between those two, and the one thing that we ignore is what's always there, the present moment. We can superficially at least plug into this every time we pay attention to our breath. The next time you are feeling totally rattled, pay attention to your breath. Sounds like my mother. Honey, just breathe. You know, thanks, Mom. Thanks. That's exactly what I needed to hear. You know, oh boy, I feel better now. But, you know, she was actually right. <laughs> thanks, Mom. Just breathe. Pay attention to the immediacy of your ever present awareness. And in so doing, we begin to unravel or expose our addictions to the light of our consciousness. And our addictions cannot hold us when they are made fully conscious. Another way of saying this is we kind of break this pattern of willful, egoic management of our living situation. In breaking this willful, egoic management of our living situation, we can maybe explain that by, or at least um, look at that in the context of how do we run our day-to-day -day life? What runs our day-to-day -day life? What manages our experience? What's, what controls everything? Okay. As we begin to watch that manager, that controller, we start to recognize that its sole purpose is to cling. Either to go after with greed or grab something else and avoid what's present. It's one of those two moves. Grasping for something or grasping to get away from something, going into the past or going into the future. That is the movement of ego. It's like Bobo the Clown, when I used to have as a little kid, if you punch Bobo, it would like lean backwards and then go forward, and, or Weebles, whatever those little toys are. You know, they just kind of... But they're never centered And that's our work. To get centered is actually to be able to withstand the winds of experience, the winds of circumstances. They blow us in any particular direction. Future, past, greed, aversion, whatever it happens to be. And what we start to be able to do is to settle into a still place that no matter what direction those winds might blow, that still place affords us a groundless ground, a weightless anchor into, from, with, and through infinity. Our consciousness goes from something that is contracted into something that is so expansive that everything happens within our awareness, not to ourself. The minute we see the stage of mind, we are engaging in this conscious expansion.
we are engaging in a conscious approach to life, watching the stage of mind, being that observing presence. We begin to see that the protagonist on that stage is always our ego. And the ego has written the scripts. The ego is the lighting designer, the director, okay? Does a great job with the sets usually, all right? And the dialogue that the ego delivers, it's always written based on past experience or future wish, future hope, future desire. Every bit of dialogue is about past or future and greed or aversion. And some combination in those four directions, those four quadrants, okay, we see the dance, a solo dance, all right? And when we meditate and we begin to see this dance, we consciously recognize it, that which is doing the recognition, the audience, the witness, that presence is the very thing that ego fears most because then it is seen, it's exposed. It is no longer the center of its own universe. Okay? It's actually on stage. On stage. And it has, it's at this point desperately afraid of forgetting its lines. Imagine going on stage and not knowing the lines you're supposed to deliver, okay? That kind of fear begins to run ego's life, okay? Because ego, ego is afraid. That's its job, to be afraid and be under threat. And the minute our witnessing awareness kind of comes in, the minute we are consciously this audience and we begin looking at every single little move that ego makes, ego starts panicking. So it's very often the case that in meditative practice first what happens is we start feeling calm and easy and at one with the world okay and then that gives way to uh-oh this is more than i thought was going to happen this is more this is scary so there's resistance we've talked about that before in here if we can actually attentively walk through that fire what happens then is this deep settling. And the deep settling is a relationship with that stage play that is one of kindness, one of compassion, one of tenderness. We see the actor on the stage. We see ego as kind of precious in its own way. The thing that got us here to begin with, we owe it something, a kiss just like we kiss our children or kiss our spouse or kiss our grandchildren or smile at our dog when it does something that just cracks us up. And when we can meet life with that kind of kiss, what we actually become is spirit consciously acting. We allow spirit to work through us. 
We no longer have to worry about the body absorbing the uh, energy of the play. The body no longer absorbs the energy of the play as disturbances, as, as, as tensions, as emotions that can in many cases be very destructive. We're no longer addicted to whatever is going on on stage. The addiction itself has been exposed, and as a result, it can no longer mystically hold us. Instead of living from a position of fear, we actually reorient ourselves from a position of fearlessness. We no longer have to have somebody else validate us. Validation comes from within and extends outward and shines equally in both places. Instead of being partially aware of our world, we become fully aware of our world. And the intention that comes from that full awareness is one that incorporates everything. And we rather effortlessly and miraculously begin to source ourselves, begin to live from this place of taking care of everything, including ourselves, equally. And when we meet the world like that, as so many men and women have before, when we meet the world like that, we are simultaneously changed by the world and we change the world in every bit of our activity in a way that goes beyond scripture, in a way that goes beyond faith, in a way that goes beyond should and shouldn't. We live our lives like a have to because it's all there is. It's the only way we can live for the benefit of all beings. So the way we begin to walk this talk, uh, we earn it with lots and lots of practice and lots and lots of mistakes. We watch the play with all of our attention. When we watch it with all of our attention, it dissolves our identification with it, which is like the primo addiction. It's studied, it's witnessed, our entire life becomes one that is witnessed, our body becomes an experience, our mind becomes an experience, time becomes an experience for something that is vast and beautiful and unquantifiably rich and infused with nothing other than smile, an infinite one. <laughs> But the you that is real, this big, all-encompassing witnessing awareness is suddenly absolved of having to memorize any lines. Ah. <laughs> Action is no longer something that is scripted. Action is something that is spontaneously arising in each moment from spirit, as spirit, through spirit. 
you realize that the actor is not you. The actor is that in us which feels separate. And what has arisen through a meditative practice is a deep inclusivity, a total inclusion, a unification that shows us again and again that we are all one thing. We are all spirit. Your worries, your pain, your doubt are experienced by the audience. And the audience doesn't move away from negativity. It becomes intimate with it. And in that intimacy, the energy of that negativity begins to fall away. The same thing applies with our sense of glory, with our pleasure, with our passion, with our fire, with our fun, with our laughter. It's no longer something we grasp to try to maintain. It's something we become intimate with. And as such, it begins to infuse our lives with its essence. And what is the essence of all of that? Spirit itself. All we have to do is practice this in every single moment. Easy, right? In every single moment, we watch our experience. And then we begin to develop a unique and an open relationship with the watcher of our experience. And that watcher is the thing in each of us that is beyond mind. Rest there. Um, throughout my you know, spiritual path mm -hmm. that had been you know, ups and downs and 10 years without doing anything and five years coming back and uh, I kind always stop when things get scary mm -hmm. and uh, I'm afraid that I'm that point now so I know that I know cognitively that it's coming and um, but it Now, I just want to you know, uh, get through it yeah. somehow. So, any, any insights there? Uh, none. <laughs> <laughs> All you got to do is witness it with your full awareness. Be there for it. When it arises, when that fear arises, oh, there you are. There you are, fear. How you been? I've been waiting. I've been waiting for you. So do whatever you're going to do on the stage because I'm here to watch and I want make it good. Make it good. Because here in this audience, I am not dissociating from you. I am integrating you into a different center of psychological and spiritual gravity. You're in a different space now. I'm watching you. 
play it out. Play it out. This can't be touched by fear. This is fearlessness. Total openness is fearlessness. So what we got to do is practice that, right? And that happens when we sit still. When we sit still, what are we doing? Essentially, we're saying, bring it on. Whatever is going to happen, whatever is going to happen, because all I'm going to do is sit right here, no matter what happens. If I start crying like a crazy pr fine, I'm staying right here, okay? If I start giggling, I'm probably going to piss everybody off in the room, but man, I'm staying right here. Whatever happens, I'm right here, yeah? And uh, I would, as much as I offer that to you, I would also say that every single being who has ever walked this planet with enlightened feet has gone through that fire. Every one of them. And every one of them is practicing with you as you walk through your fire. That can be very helpful to recognize that every single enlightenment in this world of form has happened as somebody fearlessly met that fear. No matter what happens, boom. You see the statue of Buddha with, the, uh, with his hand, right? It's like, bring it. I'm right here. I'm not moving. Stillness. Yeah? And the third point I would actually make is that fear is a very good sign. Okay? About what? About what? About it's right close by. It is close at hand, okay? Awakening is close at hand. It will only ever happen in the now, okay? And when you give yourself over totally to the now, that's when grace strikes, okay? Now, once that happens, then there's a whole other mountain, series of mountain ranges to climb, but still, <laughs> still, it's uh, we make ourselves available and vulnerable, okay, to that fear, and then we watch it. The fear is ego saying, "Whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, don't do this," and and it'll create these great dramas and scenarios. If I'm not in control, you'll be nuts, you'll be wacko, you'll you know, or uh, uh, you'll never get anything done, or you know, the teaching. It's, the teaching is wrong. I am right. Listen to me. Whatever it happens to be, ego's great at this. Oh, absolutely. I'm right all the time. So. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the question, though. It's a great question. Michael, I'm, I'm wondering if I understand you correctly. In the past, before I began this practice, I would observe my stage, and I would be looking down on all the players and if I hear you correctly as I'm observing do I put myself up on the stage as well with the drama and observe all of that that which is on the stage that in you which is watching correct has no form right okay has no form. There's no. It's not even a concept. The watcher, we give it a name. We call it the watcher. But that awareness, 
just like your awareness now of my voice. Yes. And your awareness now of what the uh, ground feels like beneath your feet. Yes. And your awareness of the microphone in your hand. That's the physical. Right. No, okay, but wait. But that awareness itself shot around effortlessly between those things as I pointed them out, right? It was just there. Okay? That awareness is there all the time. It never moves. It's just always accessible. Okay? Because it is access. That's what it is. So when you're watching the stage, whatever is going on, whatever thought arises that's going on on the stage, your ego is already part of it. It's playing the whole thing out. All right? So all you have to do is release any form of manipulation. Just watch what's going on there. Don't touch it. Just watch. Be that awareness that effortlessly can access all things. Okay? I don't know if that changes the way you have typically been working with that little model, but it, it, invol it does not involve you putting you anywhere. It involves being aware of whatever is coming up. And that aware, that observer do I understand it as being my spirit with my ego on the stage with the other players? The witness is the last personal thing you can feel before the absolute total impersonality of spirit itself. Okay. It's an ever so slight contraction. Okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. You answered the question. Thank you. I wonder about the uh, practice of watching the breath. How do, what is your uh, take on that? Um, you've talked mostly about um, just being the, the watcher observing, but where does, do, you, do you see any importance of watching the breath or putting the mind to um, uh, relaxing the body in any way? Sure. I think that's all good. I, I'm, uh, I've said this before, and I'll continue to say it. I'm a huge fan of the breath. I think the breath is a really good thing. You know, without breath, boy, it's difficult. Things, uh, things start to get tricky. Uh, always, always bring your attention to the breath. It's the most basic, fundamental flow of life. And just as the breath is constantly rising and falling like a sine curve. Constantly rising. It never stops. Okay? It never stops. It just keeps going. Right? So does life. The ebb and flow of life. Birth, death. At each exhalation, what are we doing? We're letting go. We're dying to that moment. At each inhalation, there's birth and death. Birth, and death, a constant reminder of the wheel of samsara. That which is watching the breath is never touched by samsara. That which is watching the breath is off of the wheel entirely. That which is observing 
is our connection with spirit. It's the last personal connection we could possibly have with spirit. That formless witness, that formless witness is really what starts to show up as we meditate. And when we orient our life from its presence, there comes a wisdom. And that wisdom allows for very constructively engaged activity to come from us as we meet the world. And that activity is compassion. So I've kind of just laid it right out there for you. I mean, you just watching the breath leads to enlightenment. In this moment. And now we do it in the next moment. And then the next one. Yes. I would just like to share um, that we were here one night and we were talking about enlightenment for dummies. And you said just label your feelings. Just give it a name. Yeah. And I've done that a couple times. And it, like, I'm getting irritated at something, and I'll say, getting mad. And then I just say it, and it's like it puts it into a different perspective. Right. And all of a sudden, <laughs> I don't feel so mad anymore. Isn't or that interesting? Irritated, or just giving it a name. It's like recognizing it and deciding, do I want to feel that way? Just an it's really fascinating, yeah, uh, and recognizing also that there's a choice. I think that's what it is. It's you do feel like you have a choice yeah. once you say what it is. I can go this way or that way, mm -hmm. and anger or or being irritated. Yeah, never if you can feels do that, better. you're really lucky. I can't. <laughs> Give it a try. I will. I'll try that. <laughs> Label it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. I mean, it's it's uh, sometimes we don't have that choice, and that's because. We were habitually oriented towards moving in a certain direction whenever something like that comes up. Consciously being aware of that movement is practice. That's just a different form of meditation. What is meditation? Being still. And you can't make that assessment without stillness. Yeah? Mm -hmm. And you're articulating beautifully what I was saying. We pull the negative energy spin away from... Uh, Anything that might show up, the minute we give it our full attention, not partial, full attention. Partial attention can be very painful. Ego loves partial attention. Ego is just, okay, yeah, a little bit. I'll just do it, <laughs> like that, instead of, you know, diving in. But um, it, it stops the momentum, yeah, is what it does. That's right. Yeah. That is exactly right. Yeah. Spiritual physics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming Thank tonight. You.